Welcome to Bluegrass Stories with Katie Daly and me. I'm Howard Parker. Lynn Morris is a multi-award winning singer, banjo player, and band leader. Marshall Wilborn is a multi-award winning bass player, singer, and songwriter. Together for decades, they are undoubtedly one of the most beloved couples in bluegrass music. Katie Daly sits around a cozy kitchen table with Lynn and Marshall as the couple discusses making life's music together. May I first start, Lynn, because everyone loves you and is concerned about you. Uh, How is your health? Very good. Uh, You know, I had the stroke and everything. I couldn't talk at all, but now I can, but but that's hard to do, but but I'm okay now. And you were working with a a speech therapist? Yes, yes. Okay, and we remember uh, that day you were given the Distinguished Achievement mm-hmm. Award, yeah. and you had been working with your therapist, mm-hmm. and you delivered a, a full speech, uh, and there was not a dry eye in the room. We oh. were all so proud of you and with your perseverance and, and, and always presenting the best, and that was a beautiful, beautiful day. You remember it, Marshall? Absolutely. And the other thing people always ask is about your cats. Oh. So, how many cats do you have now? I have ten cats. Ten? Ten. Do they all live in the house? Yes, they do. Oh, my. Well, you know, I have uh, an old house of uh, three stories and closed the door, you know, but five cats upstairs and uh, downstairs. They're upstairs cats and downstairs cats. <laughs> and how do you determine who's a what? <clears throat> I don't remember how it came about that this bunch is up here and the others are downstairs. I don't remember how that got decided, but it's established at this point. Never I mean, the twain they, shall meet? Yeah. Yeah. They're not fine. They're not fine. That's good. Well, uh, I noticed that you, first thing you asked Kitsy is, I noticed you don't have a cat, and I told her to watch out. There might be one on her doorstep tomorrow. Oh. You are famous for taking cats to festivals and finding new homes for them. We were at this festival in Connecticut, and this would have been about 91 or 92, something like that. Yeah. And Allison was there at the at that festival, and she had been there, got there before we did, and somebody at the festival gave her this kitten. Oh. And she knew that we were coming. <laughs> so she kept this kitten, knowing that Lynn was soon to arrive there, and when we did, she brought that kitten straight to us and... He moved from Connecticut to Virginia that night. (laughs) (laughs) So if uh, somebody needs a cat, uh, how will they get in touch with you? A cat for me? Yeah. Well, if they they want a cat, that's fine. But my cats are only cats. I mean, they're not... She's not going to part with any of these. Oh, okay. I I understand. But, uh, and you're not accepting any new ones. No, this no, she is not. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about your career. Lynn, okay. um, how did you first learn to play 
banjo or guitar? Which one came first? And uh, banjo. When I was in the Colorado Springs, there was a man. I watched him a little bit, and then after this, he was gone. So, but I like that. So I got a banjo myself and. A bluegrass banjo or an open back? No, blue, bluegrass only. Mm-hmm. And you were how old? I was twenty. Uh, okay. Nineteenth, maybe. Right. Sure. Yeah. And then guitar came afterwards. See, when I was a kid, I had a, uh, I had a guitar at uh, twelve, and my father. Classical, right? Yeah, yeah. This way. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I. I love this hand and the, and the chords, everything. I went to, uh, I was in Colorado Springs and I had a, uh, and he he had a, he had a song and uh, a man wrote this thing. Uh, he, he, he's a smart man. He, he has, uh, he had chords and everything and he had, and I saw, I had a class for him every, Every, uh, every, yeah. every week. Yes, yes, yes. But after this, um, I didn't know that bluegrass stuff. But after this, when I got to uh, to a festival, then I saw that first time. So wow, I was there myself. I had a, I was nineteen. I had a truck and everything, and sleep that and. And I, I love the music, so anyway, the first time I did that. But and then after this, bluegrass uh, come back and more. I just more and more. That was it for you, huh? It was yes, yes. How about you, Marshall? Uh, my first playing was banjo. And really? I, yeah, and I uh, initially it was. My dad bringing home a couple of Kingston Trio records. This was would have been about 1960, and uh, and prior to the hearing, I think I think hearing those records was my first conscious. The first I remember ever hearing a banjo in any way, shape, or form, and this was in Texas, and there. Especially at that time, there was there actually were a few people in Austin and in the Dallas Fort Worth area and Oklahoma City areas that played bluegrass, but I didn't know any of them at that time, and I didn't know there was anybody, and there certainly was no community of banjo players and fiddle players, fiddle players in a bluegrass style. It, it, that I was aware of. So I, my folks had a friend of a friend who played uh, something along the lines of what Pete Seeger's style. Of right. And he showed me some stuff and, uh, and that's, that's what I set out to try to tinker with and try to play at home by myself because I didn't I literally did not know anybody else that played you know pe people our age like this is a constant thing we didn't know where to go how mm -hmm. to learn it 
we didn't know anybody else out there did it. And uh, today, people want to learn. They just go to YouTube or, or whatever, or go to a, a camp. Uh, but it was tough when, when you all were learning. Well, yeah. and, and for some reason, the banjo just made a connection with me, but it didn't with anybody else in my family. It didn't with anybody else that I knew. And so I, I didn't have anybody else yeah, for several years, didn't have anybody else to share it with or to try to play with. Uh, but eventually I, I met some other people in Austin that were new enthusiasts to young young guys that were had just discovered Bill Monroe and Flat Scruggs. When did you first get in a band? Because you told me once, you're from the Austin area, and you were working as what? Before I left Austin, the last few years before I left there, I was a welder. Mm -hmm. Lynn and I met down there, and it was by way of, of her that uh, I had this invite to join this band Whetstone Run in Pennsylvania as a bass player. Right. And you had been playing as a bass player? No. A little bit. Not, not, a, not in any kind of a working band, but with friends. But your bass was awful. It was. It, and it was. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you invited him into the band? Well, exactly. We were going to do a, a... Well, you did. You you t told Lee that I was the guy that he needed to hire. I did. But I didn't know that. We were not good. But I said, Marshall, you, you had to go to the college days and get the uh, teacher in play. You were that she, cute, huh? You couldn't she, play, but she invited you to join the band. <laughs> well, she told the band leader that... When, when their bass player gave notice to leave, she told the band leader that, that uh, I was the guy he needed to well, you invite had. to join the band. And, and, then, and, and so he did make me the offer, and I quit my job in Austin and packed my car and moved to Pennsylvania. And pretty quickly... We all realized that my plan was really not up to what it needed to be. Mm -hmm. And so this was just in the first two or three months after I'd gotten up to Pennsylvania. And so Lynn, we were talking about it one morning over coffee, I think, and Lynn said, she said, what I think you need to do is and do it today. Don't put it off another day. Go down this. We were in State College, Pennsylvania, where mm -hmm. Penn State University is. And uh, Lynn said, I think you ought to go right now this morning down to the campus at Penn State, find the music department, go in the music department, and find somebody in there that can take you on and give you some bass lessons. <laughs> Tough love. So, <clears throat> exactly, you know. So I didn't want to. I didn't want to give her the idea that I was a quitter and giving up. 
So I gritted my teeth and drove down to the campus and found this grad student that very enthusiastically took me on to give me some tutoring on the base and he was just a great guy, just a great guy. Didn't know anything about the music that I wanted to play, but he was a very musically open, uh, open-minded kind of guy and a great, great player. Does does he know um, that you went on to win the IBMA no, Bass Player of no, the Year award? I've not been able to get in touch with him. I've tried to contact him, but I I have not. If I reached him, I didn't hear back from him. So I I doubt that he knows. Well, let me ask you, uh, were you a couple at this time, or were you just bandmates? No, we were a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, good. And how rapidly did he improve in the, in the bass playing? Uh, very good, quick, got it quick. Yeah, I feel like I was making some progress right away. I, as... Uh, this guy that was giving me the lessons helped me. His the what he what what he initially was showing me was was just starting all over with my left hand. Yeah. And he gave me uh, a bunch of exercises to to play through to to strengthen my left hand and work on playing in tune and with all these exercises he he said when when you do any and all of this stuff do it with a metronome so i was working on my left hand intonation learning the fingerboard and working on the timing aspect of it all all at the same time and 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 i pretty quickly felt like it was making some difference. Mm -hmm. and, and as I felt that it was making a difference, uh, I really got excited about it and inspired to work at it that much more. And, uh, and then it really wasn't work to work at it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really got excited about it, whereas when I first got a bass back in Texas, it was playing with some friends uh, in a circle of friends, and it was mostly recreational Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, playing for fun kind of stuff. And into that circle of friends came uh, another banjo player who was... Uh, much further along than me, really good player. And, and we all knew that he'd be great as the banjo player in this bunch, and I knew it, so it came suggested to me to go find a bass. <laughs> and, uh, Poor Marshall. So, but I wanted to play, and I wanted to be part of, the, of our music and camaraderie of this group and <clears throat> but I really wasn't initially really excited about 
the bass. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I got up there and started these lessons and started to feel like I was making a little progress with it, then I really did get excited about it. And um, So Whetstone well, Run, let's walk to talk about some of your memories from Whetstone Run. How much did you play in Pennsylvania? How much did you tour? How many records did you record? And Well, yeah, we... Uh I think we played on one record. I think the band had four, if not five, albums. We played on one, the last yeah. one. Mm -hmm. And we. No, go on. And we played quite a bit. A lot of it was around Pennsylvania, but we, we traveled to, a lot. We, we uh, Holland too. Towards the end of our time with the band, we went to six week trip to Europe. Wow. And uh, was that with State Department or no, just no, no, no? It was uh, with Rink Janssen mm -hmm. uh, in Holland, and I think Rink may have initiated all that. I think he got in touch with Lee Olson, the band leader, and, and asked if we'd want to do this tour, so he booked it all. And away we went to Europe in the fall of 85, yeah. So what uh, was the impetus of your becoming the Lynn Morris Band? Well, we had, um, when you had your band with, with John's boys and everything, <clears throat> Uh, after this, uh, David McLaughlin, he quit, so they quit the band. But after this, I want a band too. So I, I said, Marshall, the bass, and with banjo is Tom Adams. Mm -hmm. He's very good. And they didn't have a, a manly guy, but uh, got uh, uh, Ronnie Curry, first time with him, band, on the, with his... To make that first record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not, not, my, not my band, but he's very good, so. Um, so we started the band with oh, just yeah. the three of us without a mandolin player, and we figured we could go ahead and start working up, working on music, and we'd find a mandolin player in short order. And You know, uh, Tom Adams said, Lynn Morris, your band, Lynn, Lynn Morris' band. Do that, please. You know, they'll have a band just Lynn Morris, so I did. And I didn't like the actually, but I did anyway. I'm not a singer at all. But I love You're a great singer. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. Well, we love your singing. Well, <laughs> I don't think so, but I tried. Well, let me ask you, um, because we hear from many women, oh, it was tough for me, you know, to get started, but... It didn't seem to me that there was a lot of difficulty. You seem to be very popular and and right along. Am I right or wrong? Or was there some resistance to having a woman band leader? Well, see, I didn't. I didn't have band. I didn't. Didn't have a banjo, the mandolin. But you know, sometimes you know they don't like you. But I do that anyway. 
it's kind of stupid, but I... I know what you mean. It's kind of hard to make them right. uh, come up to a standard that exactly. you're asking for. But you have to do that. Mm -hmm. You have to do that. That's what makes a band leader. I ask a lot of people, you know, what's the difference? What is a band leader? And they're the people who have to make the tough decisions. Yeah. So, we had we had a uh, one promoter when we were we worked for several years with Mike Drudge, who did our uh, booking of the shows for us, and we had a promoter that told Mike that. Uh, he liked the music, liked the band, okay, but he just couldn't. He just couldn't hire a band that was led by that had a woman for a band leader. Mm -hmm. Just couldn't do it. He said, "If I was the band leader, he'd hire our band." Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, did you let him think that Marshall, or did you just say, "Okay, we take a pass on your"? Yeah, we just passed on it. Yeah. You know, that's really admirable for the band to pass up a job and to back up you. Mm. That's admirable of those fellas. It wasn't funny at the time, and it's still not <laughs> funny, but, it, but in another way it's just laughable how absurd that is. But yeah, we were, I mean, there wasn't any question about, oh, we'll just let him get somebody else. Well, let's move on to happier times. When did you move to the Washington area? I know you live down in Winchester, that's not quite the Washington area, but, you know, geographically, you're within driving distance. When did you move up to the Washington area? Uh, we moved to Winchester in uh, June of 86, when I uh, took the job with the Johnson Mountain Boys. Mm -hmm. And we had initially thought of locating down closer to D.C. where Dudley and Eddie and Richard Underwood lived down in Montgomery County, Maryland, down in that area, Frederick area down to Gaithersburg area. And we decided we really didn't want to live that close to the city, and David McLaughlin had just moved to Winchester oh. a year previously. And David said, come out to Winchester, you'll... You'll love it in Winchester, <laughs> and you won't have any trouble finding a place to live. But I love it now. So, so we drove out to Winchester one afternoon and rented this little house within an hour after we got to town, and uh, have been there ever since. And then when the we started the Lynn Band in uh, the spring of '88. We just figured that we'd do, be traveling up and down the East Coast a lot, and Winchester would be still be a good place to stay located, so we've just been there ever since. Mm -hmm. Mm. We have a house now, though. I mean, the first house was all the place. Yeah, the little place we rented, we lived in for three years, and then bought a house there, which we now have been in for 30 years. <laughs> Tell me about as, it. As of the 1st of May, we yeah. were there 30 years. How, how many years have you been married? Uh, it will be 30 years Wow! in October. Well, congratulations. Thank you. It seems fast, doesn't it? It went yeah. by very fast. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. 
30 years ago, looking in the future, it just seems like... It's never, unthinkable. Never, it's unthinkable. Mm -hmm. But to be here and look 30 years back seems like just yesterday. The other day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I know that, uh, Marshall, when I looked uh, through your discography, I was amazed uh, at how many songs you've written. You're quite a songwriter. Well, thank you, first of all. I have written a handful of songs. I'm certainly nowhere near a prolific kind of writer that writes stuff frequent basis, but just on occasion I've had some songs show up. Right. Well, uh, and, uh, and you've been recorded by Doyle Lawson. Yes, thanks. By Allison Krauss. By Rhonda Vincent, by Jeannie Kendall, by Sierra Hall. They all recorded the same song. No, they did not. <laughs> by Hot Tuna, by Russell Johnson. Uh, Michael Cleveland has done some of your songs. I'd forgotten about Hot Tuna. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Yeah, yeah. So, and Lynn, you've written a lot of songs too. Not exactly. Uh She's just written a few, but the ones that she has written have been very mega very hits. Good. Yes, they have. Well, you're talented, and uh, you have appeared with uh, Marshall Delia Bell and Bill Grant, mm -hmm. Tom Adams, James King, uh, Hazel Dickens. Sure. No, no. I played with James and I recorded with James and played a lot of shows with Hazel, but Hazel never did okay. any of my songs. Tony Trishka? No. No. Ron Play, Spears? I, I played on that record right. with Tony, that record Well, that's of what I meant. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about song. Oh, writing. no, no. So, oh, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. But no, I didn't even play on this record that Joe and. Uh, right, Ron Stewart, yeah, the yeah. fabulous Patrick McAvenue, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, Bill Emerson, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that man. He isn't he a wonderful man? He is, he is. And he's going into the Bluegrass Hall yes. of Fame. Yes, love it. Well, yes. tell us about your relationship with with him. Well, he asked me uh, his band mm -hmm. at oh ten years ago, and. Uh, to help running the sound. Yeah, so I can do that. I can't talk and everything. I can do stuff. I can do that. So, so every uh, he said, "You got my stuff." So she'd run the sound system with, for Bill's shows when they play around the right. area. Right. Well, that's great. Yeah. You know, um, the bluegrass community does help each other, and mm -hmm. if you're well thought of and loved, as you mm -hmm. and Marshall are. Uh, friends are going to find a way to bring you into the community and exactly. and do things. And Bill Emerson, what a great guy. He's a good man, he is. Yes, he well, is. he was just so supportive and encouraging to, to Lynn. And uh, this was just a few years after her stroke. And uh, he was just great. Just been a, a good, good friend. To a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We're thrilled that yes, he's going yes. into the Hall of Fame. Oh, and and you know, Mike just, Aldridge. And yeah. it, it's, it's so cool for the Washington area to have two yes. people going in. It is good. Right. And our friend, our good friend Roland White going in yeah. was a Kentucky Colonel. Kentucky like Colonels, that's yes. just yes. so great that yep. they're yeah. getting in there too.
Well, as you know, you all have lived out west, and I never did, and it was through Alan Monday and Roland White mm -hmm. and the Country Gazette, um, and I would travel to go see that band, and knowing them really opened my ears to a different sound than the East Coast mm -hmm. sound. Yeah. Those guys really did a lot for me and my appreciation of bluegrass and what it is and you know that it doesn't oh, always have to be east coast i i just i just loved the country gazette from from their first record i just just so mm -hmm. so loved what they did mm -hmm. and we don't get to see alan enough mm -hmm. what a great you you had alan on your um album route bass five. and banjo record right. yes yes route sure five did. sure mm -hmm. did yeah was it Lady of Spain? No, hmm? no. It actually was a tune of Allen's that the Country Gazette did mm -hmm. uh, in the, back in the 70s. And uh, the whole band played, and Roger Bush played a bass solo on it, but then Allen and I just did it just the bass and banjo. But no, it was uh, one of Allen's tunes called Holland Holiday. Right, right. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> well, I always liked uh, Lady of Spain. My brother used to play that on the accordion. Oh. And um, I know, uh, who was Alan's uh, favorite banjo player? Don Eddie Green. Shelton. And Eddie, well, yes. And Eddie Shelton was from Texas. Right. Uh, but yeah, I was... Uh, I wasn't sure who you might have had in mind when you said that. Mm -hmm. uh, so you're joining a new band. How yeah. Well, they're not a new band. You'll be the new member of a. I'm the I'm the new part, yeah, uh, and 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 a new banjo player too. But but yes, uh, Chris Jones got in touch a while back and asked me if I'd be interested in working with him and the night drivers and so I'm going to I'm going to be working with them starting at the end of August. John Weisberger who had been their bass player started yes. a whole new a career yeah. uh, with yeah. publishing. Right, right. And uh, Gina uh, Furtado uh, is off to as a banjo player to have her own band. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And um, who's joining you with the banjo? Grace Oh, thing. Grace, right, right. Van Toff. Right. And how much, how much travel, how much will you be on the road? Uh, well, my first, my first uh, dates with Chris are in Ireland. Wow, tough place to start. So mm -hmm. we're going to Ireland on the, on the 27th of August. And, uh, and that'll be a two-week trip. Uh, but most of the time, he's, his schedule is similar to what Lynn and I used to do with the Lynn Band, where we'd go out for a weekend or for a long weekend. Uh, it's not not often that he's out in a way for a week or two weeks at right. a time. Uh, and certainly not a thing of living on the road for weeks at a time. 
So how do you prepare to go into a new band? Do you have all his albums and are you practicing at home? Or what yeah, do you actually yes, every day? Yeah, yeah. I'm working on the songs and trying to get my ducks in a row with them. And, uh, but I, I have the Chris's stuff, recordings, and he's told me which ones, which songs that he's going to want to do right at, you know, early on when I come aboard. So I'm, I've, I have a pretty definite uh, list of stuff that I need to How work about on. singing parts? Will you be doing singing? Uh, singing some harmony parts, yeah. Yeah, on a few songs. Well, you'll be a great addition to the band. It is. Well, I'm very much looking forward to it, and I appreciate your optimism. And I'm, But, uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it. We've... Good. Lynn and I have both known Chris for going on 40 years, I wow. guess, and uh, actually first met Chris in Texas when uh, Special Consensus played in Austin. Uh, so we've we've been friends for a long time. We played music uh, on yeah. several mm -hmm. different. Chris joined actually joined <clears throat> Whetstone Run before mm -hmm. we all and my departed. Band too. And then on a couple of different occasions with the Lynn Band, too. Yeah, Chris went to Europe with us a mm -hmm. couple of times and, and then was a regular part of the band for a, for a while in the early, early 90s. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we've been friends for a long time. You know, I have to mention, since we talked about your 30th wedding anniversary coming up, I want to let our listeners know that during this interview, you've held hands all the way through it. <laughs> I find it very sweet. Don't blush. That's beautiful. No, it's so good. Thank you so much. Katie, thank you. Thank you. How wonderful. And thanks so much, Lynn and Marshall, for spending your day with us. Bluegrass Stories is hosted at SoundCloud.com with links on Facebook, katydaily.com, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Cheers for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>